Don't do multiple claps. And we're That's in. Fuck me up. <laughs> Come on. Dude, go with the first one then. I. I, I'm gonna. I guess I'll just have to have to take your word for it that that's the right one. I mean, I don't know. I hope so. I hope so too. Um. Hello. This is this know, is this new this new fish. He's not working out as so so great anymore. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, welcome everybody. This is going to be a sleepy cast. I think we're all a little out of it. It's the end of the day. You know. Can you hear the crickets outside my window? Can you hear the chirping? Sun yeah. sunsetting earlier. I'm not used to it yet. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not used to it being dark at you know eight o'clock like it has been. Yeah, it's uh... at least you're not yet in the mode where it's gonna be a, a like go outside. It's nighttime. Go to, get into work. Go outside. It's nighttime again. Mm-hmm. Go to bed. Not quite. No. Well, luckily for me, I will be inside for the rest of the winter, so it's not going to make any difference <laughs> because it's always it's always indoor time in my world. Uh, you know, there, there's the story of the 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 ants and the and the grasshopper. You know, and and all summer the grasshopper he was he was singing songs and dancing jigs, and the ant was putting away for winter. Now Travis, he's that hardworking ant. He's gonna go inside and, and not come out. And when we come banging on that door, say, "Travis, help! I'm I'm dying. I don't have any food. The president is crazy." And he's gonna say, "Hey, you know, you were dancing then. Dance you had now. your chance. My reward you had your chance for staying inside it. all summer is getting to stay inside even more. Isn't that great? <laughs> Occupational hazard." <laughs> yeah. How's everyone? Our reward for staying in all summer is getting to stay inside all of 2021 as well. So, you know, it could be worse. Mm-hmm. How's everyone doing? How's You know, we're coming to you live on a hot Monday night. It's, uh, feel the energy in the air, you know. Uh, I don't know if it's good energy. It could be a bad energy. Um, there's energy. There's though. some kind of, there's something. It's low energy. There's, it's, it's like a nice ember, you know? Right. It's, Did you call it a purple energy? Well, no, purple would be, Ooh. I mean, that's ultraviolet. That's when you get to the high frequencies, you know? We're, we're talking a like a low red, you know, like a, like a red low shift, red. you know? Okay. Opposite end of the spectrum, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the infrared side and not the ultraviolet yeah, side. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, we're, we're moving further apart, not coming closer together, you know? That, that's kind of ah, the, the red ah. zone. Look at me. I'm. All, I, you can't see because this isn't a visual podcast. But like my my screen is making me kind of glow red. Like I'm just feeling the red tonight. You know. <laughs> um, I don't know where we're going tonight. Uh, Scott, I should Phil say. Collins you know, last here. last week we had some funny a funny a funny little joke. Who who who's this who's surprise. this young lad who's come to join us? Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know he's he's back. He stayed. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be regular or not, but I mean until he until he starts to piss us off, honestly. I mean I don't I don't see I don't see any reason not to. Literally literally two minutes before we started recording, Travis said, "Oh, by the way, Scott's going to be here." And what am I going to do? I'm going to be the bitch who says, mm, "No, get rid of him." No. So I, I'm really on the spot right now, but I. I this is well, funny. Scott, I want you to well, know. He also told me half an hour ago. Scott, I want you to know that when I when I asked Sam, the context was like I asked I I asked her. I don't know if we're gonna have this be like a regular thing or not, but if it's okay with you, I mean, I guess I could ask ask him. I mean, I I guess. So that's kind of the tone. So I hope you 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 know <laughs> that the wave has come, and I hope you take it because it ain't it ain't coming again. All right. You know what I feel. <laughs> 
is appreciated. Thank you. All guys. right, that's good. That's some good energy. Right uh, there. I mean, as long as I'm as long as I'm not traveling or doing other things, which traveling happens, but doing other things does not happen very often these days. I mean, so. who knows? Maybe we'll get you on the road sometime. Yeah, I don't from a hotel room where we can, you know, barely hear you and your internet. Real crunchy audio. Yeah. Scott <laughs> reporting okay in from Parts Unknown. Built-in laptop microphone. Exactly. You it'll know. be it'll be glorious, you know. I'll have to go into some real crazy uh, edit, you know, audio effects, you know, maybe some funky AI kind of stuff, you know, to get those those that detail back, you know. <laughs> yeah. Either that or like record something on my phone. Oh yeah, those are the options. You know, we we I, I this just past week uh, I dug up some ancient audio for Travis and and it don't we don't uh, need to talk I, I just, about you're this just reminding crap. me yeah, something that, that I I don't think I've heard in the past like five years. You guys remember back when like everybody had like the the iPhone radio connectors and stuff. You'd get that little like that little beeping from the cell signal uh-huh. like interrupting uh-huh. the speaker. I don't think I've heard that noise uh-huh. in like four years. Does that still happen? You it's know what that noise is. It? You know what that it's interference yeah. from your cell phone signal because uh, it's all a radio wave, uh, and it's also oh my, my ringtone on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I I found an audio file. Someone made a little kind of stylized <laughs> song out of it and i made it my ringtone on my phone this was like it had to be like eight nine years ago i did this Still and it's good. just it's carried with me phone no to phone i mean to phone. So, like yeah. I, we were just I listening haven't... to this really old audio and that that happens in the middle of it and i was just like what oh my god like i haven't that just takes me back to a specific time mm-hmm. of of like Everybody mm-hmm. had iPods with the click wheels and that those stupid like dongle radio things. Mm-hmm. Everyone's on like an FM station, like ninety nine point seven, so that they can listen to their music. I will say the one the modern the modern yeah. version of this that still happens to me is that if I'm around, uh, I, I use wireless headphones a lot, mm-hmm. and if I'm around a microwave and the microwave is on, it does disrupt the Bluetooth Ooh. audio. Uh, so what you have is a bad microwave. <laughs> that was probably the case because these were ones at my old office that have been that are used like just over and over all day every day. So they're probably like yeah leaking some shit into the air Yikes. and uh, disrupting yeah. my Bluetooth because that doesn't happen at home. That that did happen at no. work. So oh yeah, so microwave is at two point four gigahertz, and you might know that number because that's also the frequency mm. your Wi Fi is at. Mm. So, uh, pro tip, don't put your Wi-Fi router on top of your microwave, because when your microwave's on, your Wi-Fi won't work. What if I only use the 5 gigahertz signal, you know, like the faster one? Uh, it's not ideal, but it's better. I see. It's close enough to, like, a resonant frequency in there. That I'm just sitting here realizing that my better. microwave and my Wi-Fi router are in the same room, and maybe that's why my internet is terrible. <laughs> Well, only if your microwave is running all the time and your internet is terrible all the time. You see, Sam runs her microwave all day long. She has to cook. (laughs) (laughs) Pizza's on a bagel. You can have pizza anytime. (laughs) You you put one in for one minute, and then you eat the one that just came out, and then by the time you're done with that one, the next one's done, and then you take that one, you put the next one in, and then you just eat a whole package yeah. of them it takes half an hour you feel oh, less bad perfect. about yourself yeah, right? it's like you're there 
Is cheese on a bagel <laughs> kosher? I thought. I thought. Or am I thinking of something? Uh, else? You can put cheese on a bagel. It, it, uh, you can't mix dairy and meat, so you couldn't have cheese and oh, lox. Yeah. But you could have cheese on a bagel, like cream cheese. So even if even if the meat is a fish, you can't mix the the. You can't no, no. mix them. You can't mix. I thought. Okay, interesting. Interesting. I had I made a salmon burger today and I put cheese on that, so I guess I broke the rule. Mm. I, I'm sorry, everybody. I yeah. Uh, well, I had yeah. a I had a funny experience earlier today that I wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah. So for my uh, video project right now, I'm going through a lot of home movies, and as a result, I'm going to be having to digitize a bunch of VHSs. Uh, oh boy. I looked mm-hmm. into it. Uh, you know, we, we've we've done other projects in the past, so I have a bunch of capture equipment, and I was curious, like, surely if I can capture off of like a PS3, I can capture off a VCR, right? Like. I must be have the right cables somewhere along the line. And as it turns out, I do. But I don't own a VCR, and I ultimately decided to go with a VCR to, to video file company just because I don't own a VCR mm. and I don't want to own a VCR. Uh, you don't want to go to, like, a thrift I, I thought store about and... it. I really did. And I was like, okay, like, realistically, go to Goodwill. VCR is, like, what, 15 bucks? Like, at worst? But I just don't know mm. what I would do with it once I've made these transfers. <laughs> Watch some sick tapes. Yeah. Some sick tapes. Come on. That's some sick yeah, vids. You know? Some some skate maybe, vids. Maybe you know? after I move I'll get a VHR uh, a, v, a VHS player, but I, I I don't want a VCR right I now. I have I have a sealed VHS tape on my like mantle over my TV that came out this year. Oh my god. What is it? Um, of what mega 64 released a a version of their videos on vhs tape this year and i i was there for it he was there for do you have a vcr no No. it's still the 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 tape is still sealed it also came with a memory card with all the videos on it so if you want to be a scrub and watch them that way i didn't do it i haven't watched it yet so i'm waiting for the you're not going to break the seal you're keeping it pristine until you can experience it with those scan lines huh because it's not, I, I don't just need a VCR. I'm also going to need a CRT to go along with that VCR. Mm-hmm. I'm not plugging that into my 4K. No, what are you, some kind of you schmuck know, who's going to buy a VCR and plug no, it into no. whatever? Get a terrible video image? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need, I need a terrible TV for that terrible video image. Exactly. This reminds me of another podcast that I listened to. I haven't put out an episode in a while, but they made a podcast episode that they uh, printed oh onto God. vinyl. So they like got I love records that kind of made and everything, and they only made like a few hundred of them. And they were like, "We're announcing this like a month ahead of time. Here's the date. We've already recorded the episode. You have to buy it now or never. Yeah. And there's only so many. And I mean, apparently they went really quick. And it, you know, I obviously don't have one. So no, have if if, if I was aware of that like, sort of thing, like. I love those kind of records. Like if, if Mega sixty four or or anybody, if they did that again, I would probably be interested in just like yeah, I want to have a podcast on a record, even if it's a podcast I don't listen to. I just think yeah. that's a really novel, funny idea. <laughs> so I guess the, I guess that and you know begs a question to misuse that phrase. Would you open your record to listen to the podcast? Because Travis is waiting for his VCR and his CRT, and then he'll watch the video. Would you open the record? Totally. I don't know if I don't know. I think I listened to it with you, Travis. I don't know if we listened to it when you came to visit Scott, but I have these these uh, uh, 
they're they're Edison uh like plates that are supposed to play be played on a Victrola that are from like nineteen sixteen or something, and they're like vaudeville plays. Oh, I and I list I have listened to them on my uh, turntable. And don't get me wrong, I have uh-huh. them because like they were in my family, and I was curious what like what's on them. What's on them, as it turns out, is super racist plays, <laughs> but. Uh, it's still really interesting <laughs> to just have this weird kind of artifact and this weird like it's it's a it's like an old movie, you know? It's it's what they did before they had TV. They would put on these weird white face guys making funny like noises and and weird voices and stuff. It was weird. Uh black face, sorry. White guys with black face. <laughs> yeah. I'm amazed that um slate records actually still work considering that like the mechanism required for a victrola is like substantially different mm-hmm. and then if you try to do the opposite where if you try to take like a, a vinyl record and put them on like a steel nub like gramophone i'm pretty sure it could like destroy oh, it the would record. <laughs> totally damage the record and and you can tell when, when we Instantly. when we were like listening to them they're big thick plates like these are durable like definitely like a a steel thing a steel needle scrapes across this to make a sound it's Mm. could you like frisbee them into someone's neck Uh, they they might break like if you dropped them but like if you if you caught them they're heavy but they're like a discus you could you could toss them back and forth okay but yeah, uh, uh, we got a little distracted, but I, I, I wanted to mention, so I, I took the VHS to the, the VHS transfer place today, and it was such an interesting system. They mm-hmm. had me like place my order online, I go up and I drop it off, and I tell them, like, oh, here's my order number, and the guy looks at me like, order number? What's your name? It's like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's Wolf? <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, gotcha. And I'm gotcha. thinking, okay, like there must not be that many orders and sure. Right. Like it's a VHS transfer place, but he's, I'm I'm thinking there must not be that much business. If he can just ask me my name, there's probably like two piles or something. And so I ask, Oh, so how long, like, when can I get my, my VHS back? And he says, yeah, we'll send it back in like a couple weeks. What could possibly be taking, like, even if I don't know what his (laughs) workload looks like, but in my mind, this was like a two-hour thing, right? Like, you plop it in the, the player, you let the transfer happen while you're eating lunch, and then you come back and you get the file, right? But yeah. I, I guess it's not that Must simple. be backed up. A lot of tapes. No. A lot of tapes. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of, of old lot. Gram- Grammys with the tapes. A lot of people transferring um, their, their favorite bootleg movies. Yeah, you gotta get uh, Dr. Zhivago <laughs> on uh, Crisp 480p, you know? I, I can't, guess it would I can't actually wait. Be I my, my bar mitzvah footage, it's going to be a blast. <laughs> yeah, I hey, can't I wait. There. there might be footage of you. Before we knew this each is other. Before we knew each other. Because <laughs> you were there with the other party. <laughs> yeah. Now that's a funny story. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I, had a, I had a b'nai mitzvah. Yep. So um, the girl I, I shared my bar mitzvah with, her bat mitzvah, uh, she was going to school with Scott at the time, so she invited him. Oh, well, that's it's, insane know, thing yeah. to invite your whole class. I so, have a weird, I, I have what? a weird coincidence like that hmm. that happened to me this week. Um, 
Mm. I, so I started a new job today and uh, I was doing some like, just kind of like reviewing some sort of like inspirational, like cinematography stuff just to kind of get those gears running again uh, last week. And I was, mm-hmm. and, and there's a very famous one, uh, a series on YouTube called Every Frame of Painting, mm-hmm. which is uh, sort of a series by a guy who makes like these sort of instructional, not more dissections of like director styles in terms of how they shoot film and how they edit things and kind of like laying out what their, what their direct um, sort of intentions are with the way that they make film. And I found out that the guy who made those videos uh, is my editor uh, at my new job. So that's super weird. And uh, I was not expecting them to tell me that when I started today. So did you were you watching that in preparation for or was that like oh I should go check it out because he he worked on it? No, I was watching it in preparation last week and they told me about it today. Oh wow. Did you talk about it or was it like <laughs> so, uh, oh okay, that's neat. I don't know about that. Did you play it cool? No, no. I I w- I told them like oh I'm very because they introduced him as the creator of every frame of painting. Uh-huh. So they they assumed I knew wow. about that like because it's a, fa- I mean, it's a famous series, and yeah. most people who work in the industry would probably know about it. But it's been like, passed around. So I was like, oh yeah, of course I know who that is. Uh, that's crazy. That's awesome. Um, hope hope that doesn't dox me, but uh, yeah, I was uh, that that I feel like I run into these weird coincidences like that kind of often. I mean, the the famous story is obviously with our our music, but um, I don't know. I don't know if that happens more to me than the average person, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's like... a, it's a, a, it's both, you, you have a high encounter rate for sure, but also it's the industry you're in, right? Like, I think it just, the nature of, of working in entertainment will, will have you orbit towards other creators more frequently. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a game for us to play today. Oh boy. Because I feel like oh boy, we need a we need a we need a top we need an icebreaker. You know, we got a new person here. Okay, eighteen minutes uh, into the eighteen minutes like... into the episode, you're you're talking about an icebreaker. Okay, that makes me feel really good. Well, we don't have to. I mean, no, no, like no, you mentioned an fuck icebreaker. Fuck it, I can throw the, the I, think I, I can throw the game away. <laughs> so the backstory I've just come up with for this icebreaker is he planned on there being ice <laughs> a while ago, but climate change has happened and the ice is now farther away from where it's expecting mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, now we're mm-hmm. getting to it exactly we're arriving we're there, arriving even there. though it's not not really you'll notice that on my anymore. on my camera i'm now i'm now very blue tinted so we're going into the ice zone yeah you know into the into the cold area you're not, you're not used to how so sassy i am I, tonight it's it's good <laughs> yeah um i'm a little uncomfortable i'm not sure i'm gonna come back next week well tbd mom and dad are um, fighting <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Please. I have a list here of, yeah. of of six of six forms of media and since this is kind of like a media appreciation podcast I think we can we can safely say that that's kind of a, a theme here, right? It's kind of like uh, a I don't know if we've the, ever the, talked the, about media, dude. Us? I'm having fun. Can I say anything without <laughs> friction? Is that possible? I mean, I, I, I'm, just, I, I'm feeling very, uh, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm rubbing against sandpaper, you know, like, like, like a, like a 10 grit sandpaper sheet, you know, like just jaggies rubbing against my skin. Just rocks. You know? 
right, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just having so much fun pushing your buttons. Commuter, anytime you want. So I got, I got six, six forms of media here. We're gonna do a little game of killing our babies, and I want, I want to do this thing where we, we eliminate based on their meaning to us personally. Mm, okay. Um, okay. What you could live without. Uh, well, let, let, let's figure this out one by one. Mm -hmm. So I have six here, uh, just so that we know where we're like, what our priorities are. Who's bringing what to the table yeah. here? You know, I have six. I have okay. first is music, second is TV, third is film, fourth is video games, fifth is books, and sixth is theater. And I want to see what gets the chopping block first. So if you could, if you had to make a decision, you know, someone was, was going to do a Truman Show level, like affect your life kind of thing. And you had to make a call here. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a crazy theoretical. It's obviously not going to happen. But if you could live without one of these. Yeah, we're eliminating one media, of these. What, and, and, and we're not destroying it. We're just, it's no longer available to us. Yeah, you're not saying it's, it's gone for everybody. Okay. It's just for you. What, what, what is going to be erased from, from your purview, you know? Hmm. So, uh, for me, I'm thinking thinking theater for me. Interesting. Uh, it's not that I don't appreciate theater. It's just the one that I consume the least frequently and the one that I could do the most without, I think. That makes sense. This is tough for me. What about you, Travis? I think, I think theater thinking? is also going to be for me. I, I've enjoyed theater, but I also think theater is like in a way the most like exclusionary yeah. form of media because it, it, it like it's not an it, it's probably the least easy to to for the average person to consume of because you have to be around theater it's expensive and it's also sort of like it's not something that is like always culturally relevant unless it's at like a gigantic scale and at that point i almost feel like the big hits because of the the nature of theater, because of how again of how expensive it is, because how the clientele is usually very well off, there's sort of limitations mm -hmm. on what theater can say, and you find that a lot of major plays and theaters play with themes of like digressive ideas, but ultimately come down on the side of like more conventional wisdom in a lot of cases, and that that's not always the case. There's obviously a lot of like independent theater and a lot of underground theater and 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 that's all obviously very valuable too but i feel like theater is affected by the the medium being as like bougie and expensive as it is in a way like i feel like it, it theater is definitely there, there's, a, there's kind of a theater is definitely the most luxury of the of the items on this list and and I think you guys are definitely mm -hmm. like I, I'm I'm totally in agreement. Like as far as like accessibility goes, theater is the least accessible, right? You definitely either need to either know somebody with a connection to to be able to to access the that that show, or you either need to have the the money to pay for it. Uh, and theater tickets are not cheap, but no. So I, I'm thinking that from it like. I haven't like actually gone to a play in, in who knows how long. Probably more recently than than maybe you guys have, I would guess. But but it still has been a, like maybe a year or two for me. But I think you know what you're saying, Travis, is totally true about like mainstream theater and like Broadway and the stuff that's really really popular. 
but I think that there's also a part of theater that's that's a little more subversive that doesn't really take off in the same way and kind of can't take off in the same way that like I'm thinking, you know, a TV show or a or a a movie can just by the nature of their projects that need to make more money. Um so like I mm. I, I know there's a mm. god, I'm forgetting on what it's called, but there's a play called like Mr. Burns We Hardly Knew You or something like that. And it's a three-act play where basically it's people telling the story of an episode of The Simpsons. But the first act is it's immediately after this apocalyptic event where the electricity has been knocked out. And, and uh, you know, mm. these people are just like kind of freaking out, ra- gathered around a campfire, and they're telling their story of the favorite Simpsons episode. Uh, act two is maybe like ten years later, and they're like an acting troupe and they like put on a performance with like kind of vaudeville style costumes. And then act three is the end of the episode. And it's like a Broadway musical. And it's like 70 years later, this has become this gross caricature of what it used to be. And it means so much because it's this connection to the old world. But we know as present viewers that, uh, that, you know, it's an episode of the Simpsons. This is the high art. And I think that there's something mm. there that, like, this play was not terribly successful, I think, primarily because of just how weird the subject matter is. But, like, mm. I'm hesitant to eliminate it just because I think I, w- I would miss those weird takes and those weird stories. Mm-hmm. Well, the question kind of then is, what would you miss less? Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> So it's what? It's it's video games, movies, books, music, theater, and film? No, film's already in there. What's the last yeah. one? Film film is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. What what's the last one? There's six. There's music, TV, film, games, books, theater. Music, TV, games, books, theater. This is hard, I think. God, I, I I really think I would probably cut TV first. And that's not because uh, uh, I don't like TV. It's just that I think TV is the most garbage content I watch. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great TV. I love a lot of TV that I watch. But most of the time when I'm turning my brain off, it's television. And I think I could turn my brain off to something else. I feel like you you could almost like TV could almost be synonymous with like YouTube. Yeah, also. that's kind of what you know, I was like thinking. It, it, it depends on the temperature of which you're you're accessing that because I feel like for some people like TV is background noise, mm-hmm. and then for some people it's like uh, like if depending on what they watch, it's like this really engage. It's like almost like their version of like a really engaging novel. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. It's but it depends difference. on what you watch, and so if you only watch shitty TV, then of course that's going to be like a lower ranked thing for you. It's, and again, that's not a judgment call because I watch shitty YouTube all day, and like, I mean, it's the difference. But I didn't between, put that on this uh, list because for me, it's such an obvious thing to cut. Right. To cut. So. But yeah, it's the difference know. between putting it on the background versus versus having you know like a Game of Thrones watch party or something. And, and like, the way I watch TV lately is I'll just kind of plow through a season of some weird show that I want to just watch. Like, recently I just watched all of uh, Jim Henson's Dinosaurs. Like, that's a weird show. That's a fun one. But, like, I can't say I was paying attention to the whole thing. I was kind of just, like, 
watching it, picking up what I could, and then enjoying the set design. This is just kind of background noise. Yeah. I wasn't really, really engrossed in it. Like, it didn't leave you with a lot. I will say, though, TV does include, like, anime series. Yeah. So I don't know if that colors the conversation at oh, all. Oh, it does. But... Yeah, it does. <laughs> I think I, I, if you're Because you can still anime... watch anime movies... But no more, sh- more, no more series. Oh, we all you know? know anime movies are the worst part of anime. <laughs> so no, just... besides from the standalone ones, like I get to watch the One Piece movies, but not the series. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know, Monica. It's the best way to consume that show. Yeah, I, th- I think if, if 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 we're including anime, I hadn't been thinking about that. I guess theater would have to. I, I just don't engage with it often enough to warrant that. And, like, I guess I could still absorb musicals through music, right? Like, listening to the songs right. in my car is not the same as seeing it on on the stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, again, this is not a judgment call on theater. I think we all appreciate good theater. Oh, yeah. So, but we unanimously have decided that that's the first to go. So now it's I think it's going to start having some splits mm-hmm. because I feel like this is where we're going to see the divisions in our personality come up. Mm-hmm. Because right. I am going to make the case that my next uh, thing to go is music. And that makes me sound like a complete loon because I'm sure for like the vast majority of people, music is like the last thing they would want to give up. But uh, my engagement with music is like a very sort of like life soundtrack kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's also not something that I like connect with on a deep level unlike anything visual. So for me, like, I, I need there to be a visual component to something for me to actually appreciate it fully. Like I'm just so much a visual person that it, like music, I, I, I listen to music and I enjoy it, but I like want there to be a visual component. I like, I miss it. Like I, I'm hungry for that when I listen to music it, it forces me to like come up with my own. And in a way that's a great thing for my work. I like it as like an inspirational tool because it forces me to like visualize things. But I can't, people are able to appreciate music like on its own, on its own merits. And I don't have the capacity to do that at like a hundred percent, like the way that some people can just like sit and listen to music and fully engross themselves in it and like have that be its own source of joy. And for me, it's like this supplementary thing that I would want to add to something, but not, I like I struggle to actually appreciate it like independently. Yeah, by itself. Sense. So two things, Travis, um, two things here. Yeah. One, there are these things called music videos. Oh shit! That put a visual <laughs> to music. <laughs> but uh, now here's the thing: th- I'm not saying that like if if I cut music, I'm not cutting like the audio track from a movie. Right. So I that know. doesn't eliminate the the music experience to me, if that makes sense. I know. I'm just so, I'm just ragging on you for your, uh, you know. Oh, and I know, and I and the thing is, I love music dependent. videos for that, and I I would totally like. I could see my like a dream job would be like directing music videos because mm-hmm. I would love like just sort of coming up with the vision for a visual interpretation of music. I think that'd be like a super fun job. But so that's, uh, that's an interesting tangent. But, so what is your more preferred type of music video? Do you like to see the band kind of playing the music, kind of like a '90s style music video, early 2000s? No, no, or no, no, you're no, like no, an no, ab- no, your, no, your no. concept kind of guy. I I want there to be like a narrative. I want I want to see characters doing things and having like a mini story being told that's like my my jam so does it need to have to do with the song itself or can it just be like oh no the best ones have nothing to do with the lyrics like that that's 
to me, like, I don't want, I actually get annoyed when lyrics are really like specific and, and don't allow for interpretation. Like I love a lot of the bands that I listen to the most have very like kind of poetic out there lyrics or don't have lyrics or have lyrics in another language. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, a good example is I'm a big fan of the gorillas and I think the gorillas do a really good job. Uh, Damon Albarn does a really good job of like, making his lyrics be very surreal and dreamlike and not really linked to anything that the gorillas are saying through their music videos. Cause there is a storyline throughout the music videos that is not mm-hmm. connected to the lyrics in any way. And I really, that's like, that makes my heart sing. I love that shit. So, so, so. Travis, I, I want to push back here a little bit. Cause I think that music might be a little higher than you are anticipating, but, but, Mm-hmm. Maybe it's it's gotten a little twisted here because here's what I'm thinking when I when I'm hearing you talking about how you would love to make music videos. That to me sounds like you love mm-hmm. listening to music, but the visual part could come from you because we're talking about the stuff that you could consume, right? Not the stuff that that mm-hmm. you would be creating. And so, in order to be able to create any of that visual stuff, you would need to consume the audio component. So I I, I yeah I I I, I think I agree, what you're saying but... this makes sense from a, a perspective of 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 like the stuff you make. You don't like to make music, but but I think music is very evocative, and and a lot of people I think uh, might might speak to the the visualizations that come to mind when they hear a song. I agree, and I I I would think that like if I had to live without music, I'd be really bummed out about it because it, oh, again, sure. it is we like are killing an important our darlings, thing for me. Right? <laughs> but again, I'm talking about like on its own, like just the the act of sitting and listening to music is means less to me than watching or reading something. Yeah, like it's just not it, it's it's I'm not using a hundred percent of my like joy receptors, if that makes any sense. You know what you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I, again, I could be convinced maybe that like I would put TV up there, but again, like I, there have been TV series that have like really impacted me on like a level that music has never impacted me. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know. Um, I, uh, that, that's just my choice though. So I want to hear what, what, what you would all select next. Let's well, yeah. So kind of piggybacking off that a little bit, like I'm similar in the way that I can, I consume music in that it's always while I'm doing something, I, I'm not the type to just like, sit on the couch or lie in bed or something and put an album on and listen to it unless I'm like trying to fall asleep to it or something like that. And just the way that I consume music is different than some other people, but a lot of people are the same way where, you know, you can't just sit there with an album on and, you know, go, go through it, go your way through it. But, you know, I agree with Travis and that there is a certain story to be told with music. And like for me, uh, especially I, I really, really prefer to listen to albums in the order that they're um, put out in. So like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not about to pick an album and press shuffle. Uh, you know, that ruins the experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's you know. a very uh, re- like record owner mentality because on yeah. a record you can't skip any of the songs. You can if you're careful, mm-hmm. but that's not the point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think what it comes for me is like, listening to like live performances of music or recorded shows or something like that, you know, by skipping around, you're losing the flow of that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's an interesting stylistic choice for an artist to be like, okay, we're going to come up. It's going to, we're coming up with an album. It's going to be 11 songs. And we have to figure out 
what the what's the what's the lead in song going to be? What's going to where do we put like the high energy song or whatever? What's the lead out song going to be? How are we going to tell a story of this album through our music? And I think that's really interesting. And like, I don't know if I can specifically pinpoint to what thematically makes a good lead in song to an album or something like that. Is mm-hmm. it you know kind of a, a crescendo of music building through the first minute or something like that, or is it? you know, coming out strong or something. Every album's different, but yeah. listening and to I the think artists get tell that story. from different artists. Yeah, for sure. But like listening to the artists have to tell that story is interesting to me. Um, and interesting. That's what I think. That about sounds to me like music. you do value it a lot. So I, I'm curious what your, what your fifth choice would be in that case. Yeah. Um, so we, so we got rid of theater. So we're left with books, TV, mm-hmm. film, music, and video games. Yeah. I think this one's gonna I gotta burn you, Travis. I'm gonna have to maybe say film for me. Mm. Um interesting. Uh I mean especially in the last five years or so. I've I've, I've kind of stopped caring about movies, man. Um a lot of them feel the same. A lot of them are you know, they're just you know, big blockbusters with great scores and everything. They're good movies, don't get me wrong. It's just you know, it's expensive and it's you know, not necessarily my idea of a, of a good night out anymore, uh, going to movies. And then I'd rather do some other stuff at home, you mm-hmm. know, if, you know, be it watch a TV show and, or, uh, you know, hang out with my friends or something like that. Like watching a movie is, you know, like you alluded to earlier, Sam, where you can, you know, tune out a TV show, even when you haven't really seen before mm-hmm. the movie, you're kind of, you're locked in for 90 to 270 minutes or whatever it is these days. Right. So, yeah, I don't know a lot of people who who watch movies in multitask. I know a couple, but like by and large, I think those are much more undivided attention. I used to do that when I was in college, when I'd seen every movie in my collection or something. I just put them on while doing homework or something like that. But like mm-hmm. that's the same way. That's the same thing as consuming a TV show. I mean, that's on, basically how I side. how I did TV for a long time in in high school and college. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, that, all right. That's... So we got film as your fifth that's very interesting yeah uh, i don't consider that a burn because i actually think it might be kind of high up on my list too so um but i'll, I'll talk about that when it's my turn too but like yeah it, it's weird my relationship with movies over time like I, in high school and college i watched a lot of movies um and even kind of up through a couple of years after college but really in the last five years it's just been i haven't been to a theater in <laughs> three and a half years and i haven't like <laughs> you don't miss it <laughs> don't miss it frankly like what well, you know to be cynical what do you get from a theater that you don't get at home you buttered know, popcorn over, overpriced popcorn and it's a better audio <laughs> I'll, I'll take that trade it is amazing like, to me that there are people out there who are like desperate to go to movie theaters right now like i can't understand specifically i, I, used, to, I used to have like a romanticism for the movie theater i used to have like an affection for like oh the picture shows but like yeah no they're gross places <laughs> especially when now. i was in film school we had like nice like artsy film theaters to go see like the artist at you mm-hmm. know and mm-hmm. and that was cool yeah. but like I, I can't i mean nowadays it's just like rows of teenagers on their phones like mm-hmm. i just can't deal with it yeah you know what i mean yeah it's like don't come see like don't come see the documentary about uh like mr rogers and be on your phone the whole time you dickhead like i I get off of instagram when when wolverine dies asshole (laughs) yeah don't you don't need to live tweet this movie like yeah 
Yeah. But I mean, that, that's my relationship with movies lately. And, you know, there are some movies that I'll always love, but it, yeah, like I said, it's just, eh. So movies number five. Great. Sam, have you thought about it? Yeah, I think uh, I think my next answer might surprise you, but I I love I love 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 this this medium. Uh, it's one of my favorites. But I think what I'm realizing as I'm having to start to eliminate things that I like from the list, and I mean I was already eliminating things that I lo- I like because I like theater, but I think I, I I prefer media that allows me to to kind of engage with it on like a, the level of being a consumer but also like I can also engage with a, with it on another level of just like I can either you know spin it off and sing it myself or remix it my own way or or commentate on it or something and so because of that I think the next one on my list is video games that's the next clubhouse uh mm, video games are are super niche compared to the cultural zeitgeist like i i think i could live without playing video games i think i could still talk to most people about what's going on uh i love video games i love like don't get me wrong there's a lot of great stories in video games great experiences that i think i would miss out on but just like in terms of staying in touch with people and like being able to be creatively engaged in everything i want to be creatively engaged with not playing video games is probably the next thing I could get away with. Because hmm. as we get higher up on this list, I'm, I'm going to start to have a really hard time picking between some of these things. I'm I'm surprised because to me, the like that that idea of like creatively spinning off is like what games are all about to me. Hmm. It's like I when I engage with games that really matter to me, it's because I'm having like some amount of like creative input in a way that I would not in any other medium. So does that make sense? I agree with you, but but here's my I guess where I disagree is that I don't think that's creativity per se. I think that's you enjoying a prefab experience in a myriad of ways. You know, like it could have gone in any direction. It just went in the way that you kind of designed it. But someone has designed this entire experience for you, you know, and and, and definitely there's tons of creative people out there who, you know, there's like a Majora's Mask musical out there. And like there's, you know, people do cosplay and all sorts of crazy stuff to to creatively reflect their their fandoms of, of video games. But I don't think playing the game itself is the thing that gets me there you know like i think it's a free will determinism kind of philosophy the 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 game is the inspiration but it's like but then the music is what you ended up being creative with or the visual or the you know the theater the the theatrics or whatever that's the part that you're actually i think engaging with Mm -hmm. i strongly disagree but we will get there so that's i mean i'm 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 here but all right (laughs) Um, all right, so we've, we've got our fifth choices. Um, looking at the clock, we got to keep going. Number three, <laughs> what, are we, what are we thinking for number three? Number three? Because this four. is where it's going to get hard. Four, I'm sorry, I skipped the number. I am uh, don't know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we thinking for number four? We still got books, we still got music, TV, film, games, theaters off the, off the board. For everybody. Unanimously. Yeah. thinking music for me i mean i think that like 
It's getting down to the stuff that I like more than the. No, the wait, stuff aren't we on number three? We, I, I've eliminated three. No, things. we're on number. F- I've eliminated the three things though. No, did you? What did you eliminate? Theater, TV, video games. I've eliminated three things. Remember, we talked about my. I guess. I guess you we? were on. You were on your your third. I didn't know that you had actually landed on TV. I'm sorry. Yeah, I missed that. Oh, I thought that we had, but maybe that's just me. Okay. Well, you know, structure is for people who have. Plans hey, that makes and... it. That, hey, you know, that makes it. That makes it faster. There that you makes go. Makes the process smoother. Oh. Um. Okay. Well, yeah. Sam, you get to sit sit out this round. Yep. I'm, so I'm, I'm we, safe. we know what your what your fourth what your fourth is but yeah. scott you were going into music i was going into music uh just because like I, w- I was thinking like what are things that i like more than the other stuff like i really like books i really like tv and as much as i haven't played them recently i do really like video games and i think music is i mean especially in my life lately it hasn't been as big of a thing because i listen to so many podcasts but <laughs> um to kill my time at work every day um but yeah it, it it's it, this is the first tough tough one to me i think it's music mm-hmm. interesting i am gonna go with a weird one uh because again tough choices, tough choices. Uh, i'm actually going with film for my fourth and mm-hmm. that's an interesting choice because i have a film degree and i work in film <laughs> So I don't know what what's wrong with me where I would put it so low on the list. But my feeling about film, similar to what Scott said, I feel like film lately has been like just a minefield of disappointment. Just the experience of seeing film, the industry making the film, the way people are engaging with film are all things I find extremely frustrating right now. And I feel like film has the lowest um, barrier to entry of any of these besides maybe music. And that's like not a, not a strictly narrative form of art. So it doesn't really, it's almost weird to include music on this list because it's, it's not like a strictly narrative form of art. And these other ones kind of are more intrinsically narrative, I guess, but we can, we can talk about that. Well, it's, it's also the only non-visual medium on this list. They're all time-based forms of art. Let's, let's say it. That is the the thing that's linking all of this. Cause like, I I didn't include like paintings, right? Cause it doesn't take time to consume a paint. I guess it does, but like not strictly part of the experiences is the length of it. It doesn't take time to, it, 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 there's no duration on how long it takes to absorb a painting. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas all of these other things are sort of like you're, you're following a a song does have a runtime. Um, so film to me, especially when compared to like, let's say TV, which is another option on this list, um, TV is like, or film is actually a very um, strictly structured form of art. And it was something that I learned in school was that there were these sort of like very functional and and purposeful, but also in a way very like limiting things about film that are requirements to make a film you must sort of have these things at Mm -hmm. least for like american filmmaking in a an industrial sense um there is sort of a a list of things that if you don't have and you're not doing it and you're not including them purposefully 
it's going to seem very dumb. Like if you don't have an inciting incident, if you don't have a character who is motivated to do something from the get-go, if you don't have um, sort of like these structural points that kind of like instruct where the story has to go within this like two, like hour and a half to three hour runtime, then you're going to have like a mess of a movie basically. And you can see examples of, of directors who try to break out of that and it doesn't work. You know, you think of like, I don't know, Zack Snyder's Sucker Punch, which has no, like, any structure at all and is a fucking mess. Mm-hmm. And and at the same time, you also have a lot of, like, really, you know, uh, interesting avant-garde cinema that kind of breaks away from that. But the thing is, to me, is that, like, I always felt like if I were to take a story that I wanted to tell visually, I would rather tell it in a TV series because I could massage out characters and and kind of, like, have arcs that get a lot more attention whereas in a film the 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 pace and the stakes have to be a lot higher i think of like comparing the simpsons tv show or the spongebob tv show to the spongebob or simpsons movie Mm -hmm. where suddenly the world is in danger and like the whole structure of the of the of the uh of the character dynamics and the world building are all completely out of whack and it doesn't feel right you know if, mm-hmm. what i mean yeah, it's and i guess you could say cause... the same thing in the opposite direction of taking film into a tv series and it doesn't work th- that way either but i just for me i like kind of taking my time with something and kind of like engaging with it long term i guess yeah it's funny because i think uh uh the immediate uh instinct when you're translating a a tv show to a a, a film is escalation like oh we just have to make the stakes really high and i think that's completely the wrong like gut instinct to follow Uh, movies don't need to be a higher stakes they just need to be a more intimate story they just need to be kind of immediate i think i think it's kind of impressive when a story can take place over multiple years in a movie just because it's hard to stay invested over a period that long in a like a, a movie that a time frame that short if that makes any sense uh whereas totally yeah like a a tv show you have so much more breathing room yeah and again i should say i'm impressed when film are, is able to say something really profound or show a lot of incredible artistry within that structure if mm-hmm. that makes sense but a lot of times like it's interesting to me the tricks that are kind of required to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that's like takes incredible skill to pull off in a way that like um, actually uh, is compelling. But I just for me, I feel like and this is something that I've only probably realized in the last couple of years. But I think I prefer slower narrative. Mm-hmm. I think I think things that are really fast paced just kind of like dizzy me a little bit. Like I just kind of like being absorbed in something for a really long time. It's why. I don't actually resonate with the idea that like a lot of people today are after like shorter games and stuff. Like I love being in something for like 50 hours. I love just basking in it. You know what I mean? And so I love a series that takes its time. I obviously don't think series should go too long. I think a lot of TV shows make the mistake of like sticking around for way too long and sort of lose their, their, their spirit, I guess. But um, when I think of like the TV shows that really take advantage of their time versus like my favorite movies, Mm -hmm. um, I'm more passionate about the TV shows, I think. Well, so it's that's all just, about, that's it's all about making the most of your kind of story platform. So like um, mm-hmm. in a movie, you have, you know, 90 to 180 minutes or something and tell your story. But in a show, you can have, you know, 20 minutes times 20 episodes a you season have, times you know, 300 however minutes. many long. But you can decide how you want to tell your story. Whereas in a movie, 
you know, unless you're part of a series and even then you still have to have a relatively self-contained story. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. And there's I mean, more flexibility with TV too in that because you can have a show that's only four episodes long, well, and think, then you can have a show that's gonna, 300 episodes long. If like we're going to get to the, the end of this list, I think we gotta we gotta move to the next point. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that that's where I'm at. I think we're yeah we're running out of time. We're in, we're in the 50 minute mark. No film. For Travis. thank you for reminding me, but uh, that's where that goes. All so right, we so have number two, three left. All right, number three. Number three. What's number three? Yeah. I was already thinking about number three. I've had plenty of time to think about it. Yeah, why don't you go then? Tell me Tell me your number three. Uh, I'm shooting movies out the window with number three. Uh, I'm with you, Travis, for all the reasons you said. But also, uh, I, I think I'm realizing my list is very much... It's, it's things that are evocative to me. Uh, and so mm-hmm. it, it's it's really an, it, as far as when it comes to media that I'm consuming, I much prefer stuff that will inspire me and, and make me think about, you know, doing something else rather than just, oh, I enjoyed that. And so with a movie, uh, it's a confluence of visual media and, and you know, uh, audio and, and a lot of creativity. But very rarely after seeing a movie, do I think, man, now I'm going to go off and make something. You know, it doesn't really... I'm not usually inspired during or after a movie. I'm usually just enjoying myself. So I, I, I think... I think with with a very, very heavy heart, I have to say movies go next. Interesting. Yeah, I think, I think for me, the next up is video games. Um, just because I, I, I watch more TV and I... I would like to read more books than I do. And so that, that's kind of what I'm thinking about mm-hmm. is like, what, what, what would I like the most out of these? And I think the next one is video games for me. Just not that I don't appreciate them, but just different than books or TV. Mm-hmm. Interesting. My third is books. Uh, and I love books. Uh, I think that of all of these books have been the most inspirational for me, when I love a book, it makes me want to create art like nothing else on this list. Um, mm. I actually think it's really important to reference books and novels in narrative work because I think like of all of these, they're the most, um, like you said, evocative. Like they, they, they give you the ability to kind of imagine your own visualization of things and in a more direct way than music does because you're actually obviously getting like a... Uh, getting a, um, a plot. And I think that for like visual artists, um, I think books can deliver like a different experience depending on who you are. So I think like two different artists can read a book and come up with different kinds of imagery from that. And I love that kind of thing. I, again, it, it does what I like with TV where it's long and it's kind of something I can, I can exist in for a while. And it also has the ability to kind of like get deep into um, details that other media like kind of has to ignore because they don't have time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I really appreciate really detail oriented books as well. Um, but I just, again, like Scott said, I don't read enough. And so <laughs> it's not something I engage with as much as these other mediums. So uh, off it goes. So that's my number three. Off it goes. Mm-hmm. And now we're, now we're on to twos. On to two. I, you know, my list has been so easy cause it's just been copy what Travis said last round. So for my number two, it's going to be books. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's really for the same reason of, I think books have a, a, a 
amazing a, a capacity to teleport us to, to different places, to put us in the shoes of different people and different characters in different worlds. Um, but, you know, if I have to cut something, it's going to be that over music. Um, I love I love books, and I, I think, like you said, most of the, the like, when I think about the books I've read, they're, they're inspiring to me. They make me want to create other things, like in a visual way or a, in, a, in an audio way or even just act them out. Like, there's something really mm. fun about uh, uh, trying to, you know, let your imagination run wild when you read a book and then kind of trying to visualize it in your head. I even remember, you know, as a kid, mm -hmm. the librarians would always say, like, you know, the best movie is the one in your head when you're reading a book. So I, I definitely agree that like, yeah. books are very evocative and, and inspirational. And, and I think my list is very evident that I, I, I like things that require less sensory input because it allows you to imagine more. Yeah, being able to create your own mm -hmm. story. Um, there's one one book that... Uh, I really, really liked a lot when I was growing up, and uh, that was Ender's Game. And then I eventually made a movie out of it, and I was disappointed by the movie because it was just entirely different than how I'd imagined the mm -hmm. story to be, what mm -hmm. what that was going to look like. And, yeah. like yeah. I remember I was kind of surprised Scott, this to is see a bit how of a tangent. young they looked in Ender's Game. <laughs> like, <laughs> Everyone was like I 12. think they were actually even younger in the book, oh, yeah. though. In the, in the I book, they oh, aged totally. up in the I movie. I just remember feeling older when I was yeah. that age. <laughs> well, so yeah. in the in the book, they're aged uh, like six to seventeen over the mm. course of the book, and then in the movie, mm. they kind of wrap the whole thing up into like six months. Yeah, they're all uh, like thirteen. This is a tangent, Scott. But yes. have you ever read Speaker for the Dead? I have read Speaker for the Dead. Um, that's a that's a crazy ass book. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is. Um, <laughs> And I think a lot of what made, I mean, so the thing is they're entirely different. They're, they might be part of the same universe and everything, but they're entirely different feels to the story where like, I tried to read speaker for the dead for the first time after reading Ender's game for probably the third time or something, right? Cause I was 13 or something mm -hmm. since Ender's game's a young mm -hmm. adult novel. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I tried speaker to read for the it. dead is not, it is it super is not a, a young adult novel. It is and like classic sci-fi. It's, yeah. it's very, uh, it's very striking the difference. And, <laughs> and so I think I'd ask my mom, like, is there another one of these books or something? And she's like, Oh yeah, you know, speaker for the dead or whatever. And I was like, okay, well I'll give it a shot. And I remember reading it and being like, this is too high minded for me right now. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about this. Um, uh, but and then the I discovered is also very. I was, I was about just about to bring that up. There's that parallel book, um, and that's a little bit kind of in between, where it, it follows a more adult story, to or a more adult themed story to the same kind of narrative or the same kind of uh, events. Um, that's also mm -hmm. you know very interesting to me. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I I'm putting uh, books as the next one too for me. Just um, okay. Yeah. I would say number two, that's more of a celebration than a criticism at this yeah. point, right? Yeah. Like we're, we're kind of like, this is, this is the good one. These are the good ones. We hate mm -hmm. to see him go, um, but we would love to watch him. Hate leave. to see him go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two for me is TV, which is something that I would have thought unthinkable, like not that long ago, but um, in the last couple of years I've been seeing, I mean, I, they keep saying we're in the golden age of TV. I totally buy that. I think that there's some really impactful, crazy stuff happening in television right now. Um, and we've talked about it a lot, but I just love, um, when, 
uh, creator is using that time effectively because mm-hmm. there's a lot of bad TV, and I feel like the vast majority of TV is just kind of like fill the fill the time slot with noise. But um, lately, the medium has changed, and it's probably of all of these kind of the the most actively changing currently. And so I put it higher than I would have uh, in a different time. So that's my number two. And now we get down to brass tacks. That it's our number one picks. The number one. Speaking of how it's changing, I know you guys have talked about this before, I think a little bit, but hmm. like the biggest way it's changed for me is you're moving, you know, more away from the classic sitcom, like, you know, your your Seinfeld or your Simpsons, where there's a, a series long arc of something is happening. But it's vague and it's you know not really tied to any particular it's episode just, story. It, it's tied to a setting. But well, they make it. A, yeah, the they story. make it so that you can pick up at any episode and enjoy yeah. the episode, right? Yeah. And it's funny because you can see how much that's changed in a couple of years. Like if you look at Breaking Bad, and then you look at Better Call Saul, they're structured very differently. Breaking Bad will like fill you in on what happened in the previous episode at the beginning. Like, I, I remember we were watching it from, like, episode to episode recently, and, like, the beginning of one episode is the end of the last episode. Mm. And Better Call Saul would never do that. Like, it is meant to be consumed, like, as a proper, like, structured narrative from beginning to end, and every shot is very deliberate. But, like, even as recently as Breaking Bad, that wasn't being done. Yeah. So it's very, very much changing actively in I front think, of us. I, I think, think the, show that, the show that I've watched... Um, recently that's done that you know maybe not uh, really really well but definitely the most is uh, the good place where like you need Mm -hmm. to watch that show from the beginning of episode one of season one and then you have to watch it straight through in order to the end (laughs) i think those shows have really kind of taken on new legs with the onset of of on-demand television Uh, it's something that just really couldn't work before but now that that we're not beholden to the the schedule of networks and just arbitrary time slots like yeah the fact that you can marathon a show makes it so much easier for a showrunner to be able to say yeah i trust my audience to have watched everything to get here Mm -hmm. Or, or even the studio to be like, I trust the showrunner to make a good story and not necessarily something that can be, you know, every episode is, mm-hmm. you know, self-contained or whatever. Because, you know, again, you went back to the good place. Like, mm-hmm. the way that that show ended up is the creator, Mike Schur, who has the best credentials of anyone in comedy TV ever. Um, he, NBC was like, look, we need to fill a half season of a half an hour on Thursday night. You have the green light. What do you want to make? Like anything is you can fill this half hour. What do you want to make? And then we're gifted with the good place. And that's because they trust him to be able to make a good show. That's going to fill that. And he, you know, tells this, you know, condensed complete story. And it's really not that long of a show. So that's, you know, something unique about it, which is, you know, it doesn't drag on it. It's fully fleshed out. Mm-hmm. So. Well, should we, should we go through right. our number ones? Yeah. yeah, Sam, tell us why we're dumb idiots for putting music so high. Uh, I mean, I don't think you're dumb idiots. I think I just have a different relationship with music is all. Uh, yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a really good scene in a, in a recent movie that came out. Uh, uh, if, if you haven't checked it out, it was I think it was released on, on HBO or something. But uh, An American Pickle. It's, it's the one with Seth Rogen. And he's, oh, he's yeah. like, the, he's, there's, there's the young Seth Rogen from current times, and then there's the old Seth Rogen who's, like, from, like, the 1890s, and he was frozen in time, and he, now he's living in modern times, but he's, like, a Tevia character. Um, mm. But there's a great scene near the end of that movie 
mild spoilers, where uh, modern day Seth Rogen finds finds himself in a in a synagogue, and uh, the rabbis invite him over, and they say like, hey, like, are you are you gonna be here for a little bit? And they're like, you're, are you Jewish? And he says, yeah, I'm Jewish. And he says like, well, then join us because we need ten people for a minion. And that's a Jewish thing. You can't have a Jewish celebration or prayer service without having 10 men. So they needed mm-hmm. him to, to be there. And it's a really beautiful scene because Seth Rogen, he starts off, there's, they're praying and he's just standing there. And then as they continue to pray, the prayers are all songs, by the way. Uh, uh, he starts to remember it. Uh, he mm-hmm. starts to remember the song because he remembers it as a, from being a kid in Hebrew school. Uh, I think music is is the most powerful storytelling uh, uh tool maybe that we have uh it's there's something just very primal and tribal and evocative about it and like there are are I'm, i've been having these weird dreams lately uh, uh where i've been uh, uh, uh like thinking i'm i'm in a, a a play and i'm forgetting my lines and when i wake up i'm hearing this kind of melody in my head and i think it's related to this VHS that I just sent off to get transferred because the melody that I think I'm remembering right now is my Torah portion uh, that I did Mm. during my, my bar mitzvah. And so I, Mm. I just feel like because music has a way of like embedding itself in this, this memory for me, it's just this way to really connect to different, like, if I close my eyes and turn on a specific song, I can be taken away. I am surrounded by by a culture if I if I'm in the right mindset, mm-hmm. um, and that that evocative, uh, uh, inspirational, imaginative uh, uh, layer to it is is really important to me. So that's why I put music so high. That's interesting. Very nice. That's weird because I, when I think about it, all of my like early childhood memories and everything are completely silent. Like, I don't think bizarre. about bizarre. When I think about like pra- yeah. services or prayer, it's always music. There's always music. Mm. Mm. It's interesting. I think that's just the auditory visual learner separation there uh, on display. I think. Yeah. yeah. And like, I'm not even a, I, I, to clarify, I'm not even like a terribly religious person. It's just like, that's it's been just, part of your culture the whole yeah, time. Yeah, it's just been drilled into me since day one. Mm. Of just like, yeah, mm-hmm. we sing, and these songs have meaning, and like, yeah, even even though I don't remember the words, I can remember these tunes and and like what they mean. It's bizarre, and I think that just shows that that's what your brain synapses are attached to, and that's that's really uh, fascinating. I mean, mm-hmm. I've re- I've been re- I, again going on tangents when we're over time. I shouldn't do this, but that's I was fine. reading about how a lot of people um, don't cannot visualize things in their brain and how like what a foreign concept that is to me including people who are like famous animators and artists Hmm. are unable to think in images like at all like if they think of like an apple they think of the concept of an apple not like an a picture of an apple apple. if that makes sense yeah Mm -hmm. like they cannot visualize something in their mind i think i remember um glenn keen famous animator he worked on little mermaid uh he uh he can't like he just doesn't think in images so whenever he draws he has to form it out in front of him like he has to kind of come up with the shapes as he's drawing and he's not working from memory at all because he has no memory of what these things look like interesting and that's like insane to me but it's like that that's like the the brain differences between people of how like their brains prioritize different sensorial things is super interesting to me Mm -hmm. so um Mm. 
on that note, uh, I'll top it off. Uh, my number one is games, and uh, games to me uh, are kind of like the ultimate conclusion of where all of this <laughs> is like. It's, we're all it's like this. everything yeah. I you like fused together into a, a, an experience that I get to participate in. And I know that we kind of like had this conversation of is it creativity or not? And that, to me, it's not even a matter of creativity because games that are like uber creative, like like dreams or, or stuff like Mario maker. Like I actually have like a brick wall experience with those where it's like, this is too, too open canvas. I, I, I'm not directed here. I like having a directed experience and I Mm -hmm. like kind of like being able to bring a little bit of myself to a directed experience. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. That's like, it's almost why I prefer like iPhones over Android because it's still a directed experience that I get to have like a little bit of personalization with. (laughs) Scott's giving the thumbs down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Scott's given a big thumbs down to that. I, I see that. Uh, but I just I like feeling uh, being able to kind of personally interact with a director's uh, intentions, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. having the ability to go into somebody's world that they made and kind of like touch it and play with it and kind of feel it for myself and come out of it having impacted that a little bit by myself. And I think that that's like more powerful to me than anything else. And it's why like video games will always be the one thing that like makes me the most excited about like anything in life. So Man, well, we, we just, we uh, just passed each other goes. on the staircase. Didn't we? I went, you went down, I went up with the video games. Well, Benjamin on top, Button, on you know, the it's that kind yeah. of, it's that kind of, that kind of yeah. thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess the, the last one for me then would be, um, would be TV. And I think, been thinking about this so we've been talking about why this one kept you know not getting cut and then why it kept getting pushed higher and higher mm-hmm. um it's because i i love to learn new things and the best way for me to learn and consume new things is through tv so like um it can be you know stuff like stories like through you know your sitcoms or whatever or it can be um literal how things are made from the how it's made show which was a staple of my childhood just sitting on the couch watching that or like you know people documentaries or you know stuff like yeah it's, yeah it's a mix of film and whatever but like learning stuff is such a huge part of my life all the time and it, you know carries on through youtube now like learning maybe expressing interest in a hobby where i i live in an apartment i don't have a space to have like a mill or something but you know i'd <laughs> like to have a mill something like that but like I can live vicariously through someone on YouTube who does and learn how to do this thing so that in some eventuality when I can, I have some grounding for where to start because kind of like Travis was mentioning with these people who are, you know, really skilled at their jobs, but can't or or don't have the ability to conceptualize it. That's where I am with stuff like that is like, I don't necessarily know where to start, but I know what I want out of it and kind of problem solving my way through that, through stuff I've learned through things like TV or other types of, similar media consumption is really, really important to me. I don't think I'd go without that. Yeah. You know, hearing your guys's mm-hmm. list, it, it really, I think puts, it, it's making me think about these, these other medias in a way that I really hadn't before. And it's, it's, I think it's interesting to see the contrast in, in how we rated them because we didn't pick a, we didn't decide like what's the, the factor of for why we're rating them this way. We just said, hey, one of them has to go, and we just kind of picked one at a time. So it's interesting to like mm-hmm. totally see, like, yeah, you're right. TV is a great way to to learn and like 
all the I'm thinking about like all the growing up I would watch like so many like animal videos or like oh, yeah. National Geographic things like just taking you to another part of the world that I would just not know about if I hadn't watched those. And similarly, mm-hmm. Travis, I think you're totally right that like games are a total synthesis of what what all these component pieces that we've been talking about. And I think it's kind of funny that to me the opposite is the most desirable thing that like no, I want like the least <laughs> synthesized most bare mm-hmm. essence mm-hmm. version the of rawest form yeah <laughs> you want books and music just like the oldest things in existence you know yeah. the things that let me yeah. imagine the most <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also kind of speaks to like who we are as people so like you guys are you know in you know more creative industries than mine where you know i work in engineering and you know you guys are you know in film and animation and uh you know content creation stuff like that and it's a little i mean it's it's different uh, yeah, it's, like it's, you guys, they're you solving guys different consume, problems, right? Well, you well, you guys consume uh, stuff like books or TV shows and stuff, and you think like, man, what can I make from that? <laughs> you know, what you, you you guys say that like, make what makes you want to create? Um, and mm-hmm. I, I don't have those same feelings after reading something. Like, I'll sit down and think about mm-hmm. a story, or like, what'll happen is like, I'll finish it and be like, yeah, that was really good, and then it'll just not leave my head. The story won't leave. I'll keep right. thinking about mm-hmm. it, and then I'll need to go back and. Mm-hmm. you know read it again a couple months later or something like that to you know grasp it again and like figure out not necessarily what it means to me but like figure out some more details you know what did i miss the first time around something like that um i really enjoy doing stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah it's fun to revisit cool. stuff like that yeah well yeah. this was a great well, discussion this was a fun conversation yeah. i was skeptical um, at first but you know what y- y- you're all right Thanks. I always turn it around. Never doubt me again. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the outro music? Uh, that that was, that'll do it. Uh, I'm sure the music's playing. Uh, we went way over. This is uh, this was too long. Well, you know, I talked about bullshit again. for 20 minutes before getting to the point. Um, Global warming and, icebreaker. Uh, yeah, something, some, some kind of bullshit like that, you know. <laughs> so uh, good. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>Hey everybody, it's me, it's Travis. I am I've had a whole bottle of La Fin du Monde. I'm a little out of it, but I'm gonna try to do our our ending anyway. Uh, special thanks go to Aesthetics Please. Aestheticsplease.bandcamp.com is where you're gonna find his uh, sweet tunes. Uh, not to mention uh, music.businesscasual.biz. Find some other other good business casual stuff there. Our music is uh, provided generously with his permission. He's our favorite our favorite musician of all time. Better than the Beatles. So uh, you should definitely check them out. And yeah, I hope uh, we, we don't have any um, any social media or uh, email address or anything. So you, uh, you, there's no way to contact us. So uh, if you want to ask us a question, uh, I'm sorry, you, you just you just can't. So that's uh, that's it. Hope to see you next week. Stay classy, fuckers. Goodbye.